Welcome to the Michigan Opportunity, an economic development podcast featuring candid conversations with business leaders across Michigan. You'll hear firsthand accounts from Michigan business leaders and innovators about how the state is driving job growth and business investment, supporting a thriving entrepreneurial ecosystem, building vibrant communities, and helping to attract and retain one of the most diverse and significant workforces in the nation. Hello, I'm your host today, Ed Clementi, and we're glad to have an old friend of mine, Randy Thalen. He's the president and CEO of The Right Place. Welcome to the show, Randy. Thank you, Ed. Great to be here, although old friend. I don't know. Well, I'm a lot older than you. Let's say that. (laughs) We've known each other a while. (laughs) We have. We have. Great to see you again. Yes. And, you know, The Right Place, congratulations, you're our first guest. We've had twice from now. We had Birgit prior before you, and she was such a great person to work with when I was in the legislature too. And I know you got big shoes there to fill, but I hear you're doing a great job. Um, what do you tell people the right place is when you first meet him and they never heard of it before? Yeah, well, well, thanks, Ed, and, and great to be here. And, and it's nice to have the right place represented twice on your show. And, and certainly, you're right, Birgit has you know tremendously big shoes to fill. But I think of it a little bit differently. I think of it as taking the baton and, and continuing the race. And we're, we're thankfully, because of her work, in a great, strong position in the front of the pack. But we got to keep running. We got to keep racing as a region. And for us at the right place, we are the leading uh, economic development organization serving West Michigan. And you know it's centered right here in Grand Rapids. And you know there's a lot of great attributes about the region. We've got a very strong public-private partnership kind of mindset here. We've got a very diversified economy. Our work is to continue pushing forward, making sure we diversify even further so we're that much more resilient. You know, that, that resiliency of the economy across the country and around the world has really been put to the test during the course of the pandemic. And it's been exciting to see in a lot of ways how the economy here has recovered so quickly. And, and we think there's, there's, frankly, more room to grow going forward. Yeah. And you're a real journeyman. And I mean that as a compliment. Uh, the way I'm, I'm going to just tell people, like one of your early mentors, who was a friend of mine and my family's, you know, was Bill Morris. And why don't oh, you kind of, yeah, why don't you touch a little bit about how you got started with economic development? I think you had a job before him even, I think. I did. You know, I studied economics when I attended Alma College, have an econ degree. And so I'm a, I always tell people I'm an economist at heart. I ventured out to New York for a master's degree. I was in a PhD program, but decided to call it short at a, at a master's degree and, and ventured back into economic development. And an internship when I was at Alma and then built it into a, a, a career where I sit here in Grand Rapids today. But you're right, Bill Morris, um, wonderful man, just incredible heart and passion for this state and for um, Monroe County, or as he called it, Monroe County, (laughs) Um, and worked there in the late 90s when it was really sort of the heyday of the SUV movement in the auto industry. And working down in Monroe between Toledo and Detroit at that time was an exciting time to really cut my teeth in economic development. The phone rang constantly. Companies were putting auto supplier kind of facilities there left and right, and Worked there for a good stretch, but made my way to the MEDC, where you're at now today, uh, Ed. I worked for the Michigan Economic Development Corporation for about four years in a variety of roles. And ultimately, you know, in this career, sometimes you have to move to advance. And I made my way to Holland, Michigan, where I was hired as the first uh, president of Lakeshore Advantage, which is the economic development organization serving Holland and Zealand, and really just had a great 10-year stretch there, working with some amazing people, building up a strong organization. Um, after a while, I'll, I'll admit, um, my wife and I got a little bit of a 
I don't know, adventurous streak maybe. And we decided to go out West. Um, we ended up working in Omaha, Nebraska, where I led a regional uh, economic development effort, frankly, very similar to the right place. Um, worked there for five years, leading a, a strong organization, national award-winning organization um, while I was there. We decided to go further West and made our way to Denver, uh, where I worked in the core of the city for the downtown Denver partnership. And really, you know, it's no secret Denver is one of the most robust um, economies in the country and to, to work in that environment and to see what a true high growth market is like. That was really a great, tremendous experience and a fun, fun stretch. But then we decided when this opportunity opened up, this is home for us at Michigan is home. I'm born and raised here. My wife born and raised here. Um, and, and getting back home, especially in the, you know, the sort of afterglow or the aftermath of the pandemic, it was important for us to bring what we've learned out of state and bring it back here in West Michigan. And, and that's what we've been doing for the last year and, and look to do it for years to come. Where did you and your wife go to high school? Just as a curious note. Well, we met at college. We met at Alma College. So she was born and raised in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. I was born and raised just north of Lansing in a small town of Fowler, Michigan. Ah, okay. I always like to know where people come from. It's it's amazing how big the state is and how many people come from all over the place. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Fowler's one of those classic Michigan small towns, maybe 30 minutes north of Lansing. Most people either work for one of you know for General Motors, they work for the state of Michigan, maybe the university, or they worked on a farm. And that was sort of the makeup of the town. And we should put a plug in too while I'm at it for uh, Jennifer Owens at the Lakeshore Advantage. She was also on one of our shows and she's doing a great job there as well. And I know you guys work together on projects as she did with Birgit, right? Oh, absolutely. And, and Jennifer's a great example of taking the baton and running even further and faster to the front. So terrific, terrific partner. Yeah. And um, let's uh, focus a little bit about, you touched on this a little bit, but um, you know, you guys have been going pretty strong throughout the last few years. Do you want to kind of give a recap a little bit? Yeah. You know, I think like most markets, 2020 was a real challenge um, from a you know the pandemic really put a lot of decision-making on hold. And so we had a lot of pent up demand um, for project work and really exceeded all of our goals for this past year um, really across the board. So that was, it was fun to see in the first year sort of in, in this seat to, to see the team, pick up the pace, deliver on some projects, and ultimately deliver on the metrics. So we're seeing a, a wide array, too, out of the types of projects. You know, historically, West Michigan has been a manufacturing hotbed. That continues. We had defense projects, aerospace projects, uh, med device projects, um, and even some automotive supplier projects this last year. We also had technology. We also had engineering. We also had design types of projects. So a real diverse mix of opportunities come forward this last year. And as we head into um, 2022, we see that pace continue to pick up. We have five project announcements we'll see take place before the end of February, some good job growth opportunities. So um, we're leaning into it pretty aggressively. Um, we, we visited with more companies last year than we've ever visited before. Um, really, you know, especially after this sort of work from home, remote work environment, we really got in front of our clients this last year. And that's turned out to be a big move as we see that project pipeline expand. And, you know, you also got a uh compliment from a good friend of mine you might know dale robertson sure he runs the grand rapids museum i think and yeah, a couple other man. things but the thing he said to me is we used to work in the senate together way back but um but he said you know the one thing you've got going for you and he thinks it's because of what you've done outside the state uh, omaha and denver especially how important talent is 
And he thinks you got a different sort of brand that I think needs to be like sort of the future of economic development a little bit. <laughs> well, that's a that's a big brand to carry. But I do think um, I, I will tell you, I do feel heading out of state, getting some different exposure and a different experience has helped me tremendously coming back. I, I mean, I think my time at, at Lakeshore Advantage served me really well and I could have maybe stepped into this role. But I think having ventured out and, and worked, you know, Omaha is a market very similar to Grand Rapids. It's about a million in population, credible business, you know, public sector, private sector partnership kind of approach there too. And um, to see how and, and really lead that organization into this talent sort of push was was really instrumental in framing out the way I think about our work going forward. And then Denver was just sort of Omaha and steroids where, you know, and one person moved to the Denver Metro every 42 minutes of every hour of every day for the three years I was there. I mean, it's, I saw more homes get built in my three years there than I've, than I, than I believe I've seen in my entire life. So the type of growth they're experiencing is, is truly extraordinary. So we, I've got to find a way to take that experience and that exposure and bring some elements, the positive elements here to West Michigan. And so we've recrafted our strategy at the right place around three big pillars of people place and prosperity. I think it all starts with people, or as you say, talent. It, if we're not putting people at the focal point of our strategy around economic development, we're missing the boat. We don't do the groundbreakings. We don't do the ribbon cuttings because the buildings are cool. Although I, I do love buildings. We do it because they ultimately get filled with people in tremendous jobs that help advance themselves and advance their families. So we have, we have I think, by framing us first around people, I think, puts us in the right frame of mind. And then the second pillar is place and placemaking and building communities that are attractive and magnetic for talent. It retains talent and, and attracts talent to the market. And strangely, in a in a work from home kind of remote work kind of world, I think place matters more now than ever. Commun people who have the choice to live now anywhere in the country or the world, for that matter, are not choosing forgive me, Ed, but they're not choosing places that suck. They're choosing places that really are thriving and dynamic and interesting. And we've done a lot of good work in placemaking in West Michigan over the last 20 years, but we have to double down because the Denver's and the Nashville's and the Austin's of the world, they're not letting up on the accelerator. They're pushing forward. We have to keep pace and then some to be one of those, those you know, dynamic growth markets in the country. And if we get people dialed in, if we get placemaking dialed in, then the prosperity piece, what people might think of traditional economic development, the jobs, the investment, the wages, that prosperity piece of our strategy gets a whole lot easier when the talent and the and the community pieces are are in a in a groove and really working. So that's our strategy going forward. And that's where we spend our time each and every day. Well it's interesting and I don't know if you've ever read this book, but it's called Jumpstart America. And it's a really good book, but they mention potentially six like uh, tech hubs for the future that are non-traditional kind of cities. And you guys are mentioned as one, uh, like your Wyoming, Grand Rapids, yeah. that, that's what yep. they said. But, you know, it's other places, maybe like Kalamazoo too. And But I mean, it was interesting because Michigan, I think, was either tied for first for the most opportunities for tech hubs. And I think the tech hubs, to me, that language is – not the big mega cities almost. It's sort of like that in-between kind of cities almost. Well, we've seen it sort of uh, migrate out of Silicon Valley over the last five to 10 years. When I when I was in Denver in the three years I was there, 92 Silicon Valley companies chose to locate in the heart of downtown. Wow. You know, I mean, that's one every 10 days practically. So 
it's it's migrating out of Silicon Valley. Right now, they're going to Nashville, Salt Lake City, Austin, Miami. a little bit to Raleigh, Miami, and Denver. The next wave is going to go beyond the NFL cities, and they're going to move to mid-sized cities. And that's that's where we're looking to position West Michigan and Greater Grand Rapids at. We, in fact, just launched a new tech tech sector strategy effort where we're pulling the best and brightest minds together to think through how do we capitalize on that. Today, we're our employment's 5% in tech sector. Um, our peers like Indianapolis, Cincinnati, Columbus are in that 7 to 9%. Our goal is to double to 10% between now and 2035. So over the next 10 to 15 years, um, it's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of effort. But ultimately, that's where our young people want to work. That's where people, um, that's how we're going to help on that whole talent piece. If we have the type of job opportunities young people have, they're going to stay here and, and really prosper here. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's like you said, manufacturing is still pretty critical, obviously, to the state. But the tech sector, it's, when you talk about tech, it's also you're really saying people, not just college educated, but highly skilled jobs that bring a ton of other sort of ripple effect with it, too. Right? Well, we forget that tech companies have all aspects of business. So when I was in Omaha, um, LinkedIn opened up a small outpost. They had a, a data center to start. Then they put a little sales office, a little marketing office. And pretty soon they now have a thousand people working in, a, in an office on the edge of the city. Um, you know, we would love to have a thousand people from LinkedIn working here in Grand Rapids, but we have to we have to start. We have to get that ball rolling. We have a great group of tech companies today that serve, to your point, serve uh, the industrial base here. As we think about industrial Internet of Things, as we think of Industry 4.0, all of it speaks to our manufacturing base being more tech-enabled and tech-empowered. We want companies that are crafting and designing and, and coding that technology, um, not just deploying it. So that's where we're really leaning in and getting aggressive. Yeah, and you know, and another thing we talked about a little in the pre-call is that uh, our new CEO, Quentin Messer, he's really helping stimulate that sort of spark for the whole state. And I know you've noticed it too, and you had some nice things to say about him. Yeah, no, Quentin is, is world-class. And, you know, he too brings some outside perspective into the into the Michigan economy and the Michigan economic development effort and big and bold and aggressive sort of thinking. I, he likes the sports metaphors. And I think, you know, the SEC, we all know they won the championship again the other night. They play a different brand of football that's very aggressive, very fast, um, very bold. And that's kind of how he's modeling the state's economic development effort. We have Sometimes we forget this, Ed, and I, I probably I appreciate it more coming back, having been out of state for a while. But we have tremendous, tremendous assets here in Michigan that we sometimes take for granted. But our, you know, our community college infrastructure is second to none, absolutely second to none. Um, our some of our uh, high school career tech programs, the intermediate school district career tech programs, are exceptional, second to none. I'm meeting with one of our local public schools; they just passed a bond issue for a twenty million dollar career tech. Um, center facility. It's it's going to be spectacular. Those are um, that's the type of infrastructure that you don't find in many states, particularly as you go sort of west of the Mississippi. So we have great assets. Quinton is is got this great edge to him. He's you know bold and unafraid as he goes forward in, in selling Michigan, and we're glad to be a partner of his and of the MEDC. You're listening to the Michigan Opportunity featuring candid conversations with Michigan business leaders on what makes Michigan a leading state to live, work, and play. Listen to more episodes at michiganbusiness.org forward slash podcast. 
before we move on, is there any other sort of stakeholders or partners that you would uh, mention that maybe we wouldn't think about, but maybe ones you work with all the time? You know, we of late we've we've always been great partners with our utilities, um, whether it's Detroit Edison on the east side of the state. Consumers Energy is is the is the large stakeholder here on the west side of the state. They've always been great economic development partners, but it's been interesting since I've been back to see how they've really begun to step up their game. For the first time, we have an economic development rate for electricity in the state that was collaborative effort by Detroit Edison and Consumers Energy, and I think that speaks to their their desire to help push Michigan forward and, and help push our growth forward. So um, yeah, what I see happening right now, and I think some of this is coming out of the pandemic where there's this natural tendency now for us to pull together. And I think we've seen that in the economic development ranks, whether it's Quinton's leadership at the MEDC or folks like Garrett Rothschild at Consumers Energy pushing forward and pulling people together. Well, you're going to be surprised. I only got a couple questions left for you, but uh, the, I, I was I love this question, and I know it's I repeat it in almost every podcast, but I think it's really worth hearing is kind of what advice would you give to anyone that's in high school or maybe go back and talk to yourself while you're in high school as career advice because I think everybody would like to go back and talk to themselves sometime <laughs> well i well that's I guess two things come to mind, and if I'm talking to myself, I'd probably tell my teenage self that it's going to be okay. Everything as a teenager seems to be bigger than life and the end of the world, and none of that is true. I think generally things are going to be okay. The second thing, maybe, this is a lesson my father taught me, just to say yes, um, yes to opportunity, be open to opportunity, even if it's out of your comfort zone, even if it's something you might not normally, just try things, give it a shot, um, and say yes, and, and you'll find, frankly, you'll say people saying yes to your questions, which helps move things forward, and you know, you learn, you learn some things, you meet some people along the way by saying yes. Um, I'll give you one more chance too to say, was there any disruptors or future things? I think you covered a lot of them, but is there anything else you see on the horizon maybe we should be aware of? Yeah, you know, I, I, think, I think the world and the economy sort of works, we think cyclical. I think it almost works like a pendulum. Things get up to one side, then eventually it works its way back and maybe it overcorrects for a while and then settles in at an equilibrium. And we're going to be muscling our way through that over the next couple of years. As the pendulum swings back post-pandemic, you know, how much hybrid remains long-term, you know, the next few years, we'll see that sort itself out. People working remotely, how far away can they work remotely and still be effective without being connected to their company and that culture? So I think watching and, and pushing and seeing how these things evolve over the next couple of years is going to be critical. And that's that goes back to that placemaking comment. I think place we've talked about how millennials have chosen place first and then job second i think maybe more and more people have that mindset today than ever before and so here in michigan um, and especially us at the right place our focus here in west michigan we need to make sure our places are wildly attractive um, for everybody those early retirees the young millennials and and beyond that are they're making their mark we want to make sure we have a place for them to call home um the uh I don't know how to word this last question, but um, do you have like, you know, like when you came back, but uh, what did you miss most or what is there? Usually I just ask what's your favorite spot in Michigan, but what did you kind of miss most you and your wife when you guys came back? You know, it was interesting this past spring. We, we moved here March 1st and, um, you know, first few weeks, heads down, completely oblivious to anything in the outside world other than work. And then suddenly one day, this, you know, everything started to pop in the spring and all this green grass was greener, the trees were greener. And 
Ed driving home one day, it just like suddenly hit me like, this is home. This is absolutely home. My daughter says the rain smells different or she says the rain hits different here. Um, it does have a different feel. So all of that felt really comforting to come back home. The other thing that struck me, Ed, when I left about 10 years ago, there wasn't this visible, palpable Michigan pride. And now I come back and you see people wearing it on a ball cap. You see it on a T-shirt. I look at how many people have the Michigan decal on their you know, back windshield, their back uh, the windshield or their the rear window of their of their car. It's it's everywhere. There's this very strong Michigan pride that's developed over the last 10 years that I think we need to capture and find ways to channel that energy into some some growth opportunities for this state. People love Michigan. It's it, and we love it being back. It's one of the reasons I wanted to do the podcast because as a former state legislator, I really got to see the state really well from that sort of platform. And I never really appreciated it that much until I started, you know, I always traveled as like a tourist, but to see all the exceptional universities and colleges and small towns and everything, it really made me appreciate it at an older age, what great state Michigan is in general. Well, we, we have one of the highest concentration of engineering talent in the country. We have this incredible manufacturing base and that industry and those individuals are designed around continuous improvement. Find a problem, fix it. Find a problem, fix it. So we're always highlighting the problems and looking for solutions. We don't, as a culture here in Michigan, necessarily look to the things that are working well and, and, and really trumpet those. It's just not in our nature. But having been gone 10 years, coming back, that's what really stands out is just how wonderful a state this is and what and tremendous assets we have. Well, thank you very much for doing the show again. Our guest today was Randy Phelan, President and CEO of The Right Place. Thanks again for doing this, Randy. Oh, thank you. Join us next week where our guest will be Frank Muller, CEO Exalterra, where he works a lot on brownfields. He's also the Swiss Honorary Counselor. The Michigan Opportunity is brought to you by the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. Join us and make your mark where it matters. Visit michiganbusiness.org forward slash radio to put your plans in motion.